It's the Happy Families Podcast. Because if you wait for the perfect moment to arrive, it just, it never does. Family life just will consume you. Oh boy, I'm a little bit nervous. I, I, I'm I'm very nervous about recording this podcast episode with you, Mrs. Coulson. Caught in the Act is the name of the episode. Caught in the Act. And you know what we mean by the Act. And you know what we mean by court, don't you? Guy Sebastian was recently in the news confessing, owning up to the fact that uh, one of his kids sprung him and Jules, his wife, in a moment of... Uh, private and intimate connection, shall we say, Kylie? <laughs> he wouldn't be the first and he definitely won't be the last. <laughs> well, well, I was thinking about it. I was thinking, uh, so there's a relationship, I think, between the number of kids you have and the likelihood of getting caught. <laughs> and, and that relationship exists for two reasons, right? First of all, if you've got more kids, that means that you're probably having more intimate moments because, or at least you used to, but, but more kids means that there is a lot of intimacy going on there, right? But also more kids means more chance of being sprung because there's more people in the house and more people who could potentially open the door at any hour of the day, even when you think you're safe. Well, can I just say... Number one tip, if you can, get a lock. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But even – so we've got a lock and yet uh, – We have had times where they've actually gone and got a, a butter knife. And, and undone the lock. <laughs> yeah, although that gave us plenty of uh, plenty of time to not get caught. Uh, but I, I was thinking – I remember uh, just a few years ago, uh, our eldest daughter moved out and married – I took half a day off and we were spending some high quality time together. We were in the bedroom. The door was closed. Uh, we had no idea that our eldest daughter was going to drive past our house, decide to call in. And, and instead of knocking on the door and saying, or walking into the house and saying, hey, is anyone home? She knew that the car was there. And so she just walked into the bedroom and it was the middle of the day. So we hadn't locked the door and um, she walked in and sort of, she stood there for about two seconds and we had no idea that she was in the house. I, th- I think that it's fair to say that um, that was... Um, we were exposed. The funniest thing about that was that obviously at her age and being married, she 100% <laughs> knew what was going on and the look on her face. Well, I didn't see the look on her face because I was I was scrambling for the sheets on the other side of the bed and <laughs> I didn't see any of that. I can't believe that we're exposing this uh, on, on, our, on our podcast. Uh, did you end up talking to her about that? I didn't. <laughs> We we have always had a very, very open relationship with Chanel in our conversations. Oh, but, but, um, but did you talk about that? Did you say, uh, look, about um, <clears throat> what you just saw? Or did you just ha- – have you had a conversation? I mean, that was that was a while ago. We did have a conversation about it. I don't remember the extent of the conversation, but I do remember we had a lot of laughs. Right. Yeah, and, and that's that's fine with that. I mean, not that you want your adult – child to walk in but we've we've had a couple of other incidences uh, i don't know if, i don't know how far we should go do, do you want to do you want to share any others or do you think that's enough oh uh, look um <laughs> i think i think the most exposed i felt was one night um when you and i were together and the kids were all asleep and our six-year-old at the time yeah it was um, like 11 o'clock at night she'd been asleep for hours yeah she she had a bit of a nightmare and so she kind of toddled into our room and and we obviously were very, very still and thought that she might turn around and, and go back to her bed. But what her usual trick is, is that she literally clambers over the top of me because I'm closest to the door and squeezes her body in between us. So you and I have done a complete and utter uh, Yeah, I, like, I rolled across to the other side of the bed and put my, my back to the middle immediately. 
as did I. So she's now between us with our backs to her and she will always snuggle. She's a snuggler. So it wasn't just about getting into mum's bed. She wanted to snuggle up to me. And as she's done so, she's realized that she's touching bare skin. And I felt her kind of, her hand just gingerly touch different parts of my shoulder, my back. And then she went down and touched my bottom. <laughs> and she was like, she realized that we were like <laughs> Well, you were. She didn't go near me, but uh, I'm pretty sure she said, Mummy, why don't you have any clothes on or something like that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I then proceeded to tell her that it was a very hot night, which it was. Anyway, so what what do we do when our kids catch us in the act? Do we have conversations about it? How do we navigate this? And and perhaps another important discussion that could help Guy Sebastian as much as any other parent who has this experience and doesn't have the lock locked, even if they've got a lock on the door, is how do you carve out time for intimacy in your relationship when you do have kids and they don't quite understand what a closed door could mean? We're going to talk about all of that right after the break as we um, go and take a cold shower and recover from this conversation. It's the Happy Families Podcast. For a happier family, try a Happy Families membership because a happy family doesn't just happen. Details at happyfamilies.com.au. It's the Happy Families podcast, the podcast for the time poor parent who just wants answers now. And today we are... Embarrassing ourselves. What happens when you get caught? (laughs) So, Kylie, uh, you've already mentioned a couple of things, uh, the main one being get a lock. But but, but if we're going to help to ensure that our children do not stumble upon developmentally inappropriate content as they walk into the room and see us together, or and when I say us, I'm talking about parents. I'm not talking about you and I anymore, just, just, just families generally. Probably a handful of things that we need to talk about. The first thing that really stands out to me is just teaching kids to knock and to respect that when a door is closed, that is a, it means that somebody may be wanting privacy. Yeah, I think that that's a really important one because whether regardless of whether it's, you know, your parents' bedroom or your sister's bedroom or your brother's bedroom or nanny's bedroom, um, you know, those are private spaces. And if a door's shut, it, it means that they're actually, they're actually sending you a sign that they need some time alone. Um, and, and so, you know, over the years, we've really, really encouraged our kids to, if the door's shut, you know, you need to knock. Um, and for the most part, they generally have been quite responsive to that. But it also means having your door open as much as possible as yeah. well so that they recognise and know that, you know, you're not closed to them being in your life and in your personal space. Yeah, open door policy is ideal because that way you can highlight if the door's closed, that means that there's something going on in that room that people want privacy for. Uh, Maybe they're getting changed. Maybe they're in the middle of uh, trying to finish their favourite book and they just don't want to be disturbed because they've got one chapter to go. But if the door's closed... maybe mummy and daddy are having a conversation that's just for adults only. Yeah, or doing other things. And that's why they need to knock on the door. Um, that's important, but I think that we need to also talk about how to talk about it when when the kids do from time to time catch us in uh, catch us as parents in a moment of intimacy. Uh, something that we were talking about as we were planning out what we were going to discuss today uh, was was just the value of making sure that children understand that intimacy, physical intimacy, can be, should be, ideally is 
something that's really good and it's not something to be ashamed about, but it needs to be in the right time, the right place, right person, right reasons, all that kind of thing. Um, there shouldn't be any shame around this. It's a perfectly normal, natural, healthy thing for, for people to involve themselves in and, and to be doing. Uh, that's how babies are made. I think, I think the more we can talk to our kids about sex and intimacy in general, and the more comfortable we are about having those conversations, the less uncomfortable we will be if we find ourselves in a situation where the kids walk in on us. Um, you know, having those conversations from an early age has, is really important. Our kids have access to stuff that we never had access to as as children their age. And so they're going to find out about this stuff whether we talk to them or not. Most of the stuff they're going to find online is not wholesome and they need to hear it from from us rather than from online sources. <laughs> Pornography is the number one educator about uh, sex and intimacy or at least physical intimacy uh, in, in the world. Uh, you and I, on the first Sunday of every month, we sit down with our kids and we have a completely open conversation. We just start the conversation somewhere and say, oh, today we thought we might talk about this, but we can answer any questions that you've got. And we normally talk for about an hour with the kids about this. And it's literally the first Sunday of every month. And the kids are learning that these topics are good to talk about, but they're good to talk about with the right people in the right context, the right way. So I think that that's a, that's a really vital uh, vital lesson for for every family to have these conversations in a developmentally appropriate way. We don't actually invite our two littlest kids to join us with our big kids. We've got four kids that are fourteen and over, and they have a very different conversation than the two little ones, the seven year old and the eleven year old. Now, the last thing that we do need to talk about is uh, how to carve out time for intimacy because uh, while it's important for our kids to know that we have an affectionate physical relationship and they need to see that in a healthy way, we also need to have the private time to have the healthy physical relationship that we might like to have together. And 10.30 at night, when our eyes are falling out of our head, it's just, it's not ideal. There, there are better times, better ways, better places, better, better ways to make that happen. So a couple of things that we've done to ensure that we're able to have the time that we need together. <laughs> the special been... cuddle time. <laughs> I think it's diplomatic. With the number of children we've had, we've had to be really, really intentional about making time for it to happen. If you wait oh, making, for the perfect time. And not even having the expectation though, Kylie, like just making time for each other so that we can connect and so that if we get to have that time together, then it's wonderful and it's great. But if not, at least we've been able to connect. Like I don't know that we actually explicitly turn around and say, we need to make this a goal. This has to happen. It's more like, gee, we're really feeling disconnected. Let's be intentional about tonight uh, having the kids have a sleepover with the grandparents. Or let's get dinner done by six tonight so that the kids can all be sorted out by 7.30 and we can get to bed early so that we can have the connection time that we want that may or may not lead to something that we're very excited about. But let's just, um, I think that's probably, I know I've kind of put words in your mouth, but I get the sense that that's where you're going with that intentionality and that prioritisation. Well, definitely, because if you wait for the perfect moment to arrive, it just, it never does. Family life just will consume you. Mm. And before you know it, you've got nothing left for each other. Uh, the um, the idea today was to give Guy Sebastian a hard time for getting sprung in the act. I think that we've uh, actually made him feel quite safe compared to what we've shared. But hopefully these ideas are useful when it comes to trying to get the high-quality intimacy that you're looking for in your life when you've got kids because it can really be tricky. 
lock the door, teach them to knock, have good, healthy conversations about intimacy and carve time out for it in your own life. The Happy Families podcast is produced by Justin Rulon from Bridge Media. Craig Bruce is our executive producer. Uh, speaking of this topic, if you're a Happy Families member, we've got a webinar coming up in just a couple of weeks called Better Together better together. It's all about how we can make our partnered, married relationships happier and stronger and how we can really connect in meaningful and intimate ways. It's not so much about the physical intimacy, it's more about the relational intimacy and I can't wait to share it with you. I had so much fun putting this workshop together. It's going to be amazing. It's included in all Happy Families memberships and if you're not a member, you can still buy it. Just go to happyfamilies.com.au. 